Greetings and welcome to The Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. It's time to bring the orange yet again with two special guests today that look after our valued managed service providers. First, Shobit Bhutani, Global Partner and Solutions Marketing Manager for MSPs. That is a mouthful, but it's great to have you back on the program, Shobit. Welcome back, buddy. Thank you so much, Rob. Always a pleasure to hear from you. I think it's been about 18 months, so it's a good time to get you in. But you've brought a pal with you. Chris Fuller is a principal architect for MSPs in the Americas. Chris, also welcome to the program. Great to have you. Yeah, excited to be on your show. Fantastic. Well, guys, um, let's just dive right into it. This is a really, really interesting and hot space right now. Uh, but show it, you've been looking after this since you joined Pure, which is what, about two, two and a half years, if I got that right. And you came yes. from an MSP background. So you've got some chops in this space. Just give, give people a background of, of kind of how you got to where you are here at Pure today, just so they know where you're coming from. Sure. Um, so I spent a long time in my career at Dell, 15 years almost. And then I, um, I, some some portions, tech support, marketing, a whole bunch of different things there, Dell. And then I spent a couple of years working at Rackspace as a storage marketer. Uh, actually, Chris and I were very close partners even at Rackspace. And then last two years or so, I've been at Pure Storage uh, supporting the MSP business. So, you know, kind of a pretty cool opportunity to leverage some of the, particularly the Rackspace experience at Pure. No, that's awesome. And I, I know a couple of years ago, we were working on some things relative to Rackspace. And Chris, you come from that world as well. It sounds like from, from Shobit's intro there that you guys cross streams a little bit. What's what's your background and what brought you over to Pure? Yeah. So um, like Shobit, I also came from Rackspace. Um, I spent the previous uh, seven and a half years at Rackspace in a, in a number of, of different roles, um, originally coming over from a, a data center management perspective where I managed um, one of the regions of data centers that Rackspace has. Um, and then moved over into the storage world where I ran global support um, for uh, for Rackspace, um, which included all the vendors, right, that Rackspace um, offers out. And um, then moved into where, where I ran into Showbit, moved into more on the business side where we ran product engineering and product development, um, specifically in the storage backup um, disaster recovery type space. Um, so I was a customer um, of, of Pure's and then... Uh, you know, when I decided it was it was time to move on to something else, it was very, very easy. Um, I had drank the orange Kool-Aid and, and here <laughs> was the place I wanted to be. So um, I joined also just about two years ago. I'm coming up on my anniversary. Um, and I really kind of sit in, in two, two hats today. I sit in a, a kind of a strategic consultant role um, as, as an architect to help MSPs really understand their business better and how a pure backed solution um, can really be profitable for them, right? How do we incorporate you into your portfolio? How do we differentiate your offering from the, you know, 50, 80, 100 other MSPs that are out there doing the same thing? Um, and then I also have the privilege of, of leading the MSP SEs um, that are out in the field every day, working with the field teams and working with the MSPs um, on the front end and just helping them from a, a coaching, removing roadblocks perspective and, and helping them develop themselves. That's really what it's all about with those roles, isn't it? Just removing roadblocks, right? Just getting things out of the way to, to be able to move forward. Well, I love, I love having you here and I'll add you to the collection of people that we've had on this program who were, you know, customers or users who, as you said, drank the orange Kool-Aid and then just came over and started working directly with the tech. I always love, love hearing those stories because that shows how people just fall in love with the technology and what it does and then come over here and just do really good things. But we didn't, we didn't, 
always kind of have that here show, but I remember when you joined and we were talking about some things, you know, not that they were rough here for us at Pure, but you really started almost with a blank slate. What was, what was the landscape like for how we went to market with MSPs and what we did for end users when you started, what did that look like? And what have you been doing strategically to evolve that? Yeah. Uh, great, great point, Rob. So I think there's a couple of things here. Like we've been in business with MSPs for a very long time. Like we yeah. have like hundreds of MSPs that we've been in partnership with, right? So we have a very well-developed business now. Uh, a couple of years back also, I think it was uh, it was quite quite developed, but I think from a marketing standpoint, um, you know, front-facing strategy-wise, messaging-wise, a lot of work needed to be done, right? So I think my energy in the last two years have been spent a lot focusing on uh, the marketing aspects of it, developing a front-facing strategy. And um, I think we've come a long, long way, right? So I think uh, both from now, from experience-wise, we've been in this business for a long time, you know, working closely with MSP, MSPs, hundreds of MSPs. But now we have a better kind of front-facing go-to-market motion, um, you know, super strong, intelligent people like Chris, you know, hired in from our customers as well, from our partners as well. So, so I think the program's come in a long, long way. And I think uh, going forward, you know, with a very well-developed engineering team, marketing team, you know, sales team, and then most importantly, a fabulous product, I think we're in even better shape now to help MSPs and, and their end customers, most importantly. Yeah, no, we got to have the good product in order to have those differentiate outcomes, not only for the MSPs, but for the end users. But what I love about what you and the broader team have done is that you've really gone and developed these managed service providers and not really treat them as a customer. I mean, this is really evident to me when I when I did some some EBCs and I won't mention you know, which MSP specifically, but I had the opportunity to go present to a couple, you know, a couple of the, the MSPs that were, that were coming in and it was a different kind of meeting, right. Than when a customer, it was really, really um, a partnership. And I know at least from an America standpoint that you and, and the team at large have really focused on developing um, strategic partnerships, right. And, and that the MSP is not necessarily a customer, but really they sit jointly with us and they advise on our tech and, and we get input from them. And I think that's really important. And that's been going on now for, for, you know, for a couple of years. Can you comment on that? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I think uh, that's been a key differentiator, right. And we've developed like 10 plus roughly strategic partners just in the U S itself. Yes. And um, America's itself, you know, where we have, uh, you know, strategic partnerships and a very strong sell with motion where we interact a lot with their end customers directly. Most importantly, kind of, we work and help and enable the MSP kind of go solve their customers' solutions, customers' problems, right? So, so that's been the key driver in the last two to three years of really taking this MSP program to the next level. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, you know, the other hundreds of MSPs that we work in, work with a lot as well, we have what we call the preferred partnerships, right? Over there, we help, we also enable the MSPs a lot to go to their end customers. But, you know, from a key partnership perspective, we, uh, you know, we target these, um, you know, 10 plus partners or so who are strategic. Um, and some of the, these guys have been, you know, hand selected. And Chris can actually tell you a little bit more, right, how we kind of went about selecting some of these partners. Yeah, Chris, um, well, let's talk about that. You know, how did you, I mean, there has to be affinity, right? I mean, there's, and I think I, you know, I would cue this off by thinking there's just tons of vendors out there, not just in storage, right? I mean, everybody wants, everybody's probably approaching 
these managed service providers and going, hey, use our stuff, use our stuff, right? Our tech is the best, our tech is the best. So what, what do you see out there? And maybe that relates to your SEs, right? That are out there removing roadblocks. What are the, what are the key things that has differentiated the program and, and the offering? And maybe it's back to that pure tech that you loved, right? When you were seeing that at Rackspace, but what are those things that really stand out to you? Yeah, and I think you know, Shobit touched on it, right? We the the MSP Elite Partner Program is a very selective group of MSPs that are hand selected based on what they have to bring to market. Um, again, I as a former customer can tell you, I, I'm very familiar with the MSP programs of all the major vendors that are yep. out there. Um, you know, I was a member of of all of those other you know clubs, if you want to call it. Um, <laughs> and the real the real big difference, right, is you know what I experienced as a customer, and this is one reason why I drink the Kool Aid was you know very often um, I was being sold a box, and then folks disappeared until it was time for you know to to pay maintenance bills, right, or to renew contracts. Um, so I always felt like it was you know you need this, you need this. We're going to be great partners. Oh, you sign the contract, great. The box will be there in a week. Call me if you need anything. Whereas Pure really sat down and and had a strategic hey. I'm not here to sell to you. I'm really here to sell to your end customers. So tell me what your customers are asking for. And we together can build a solution, right? That's going to resonate and be there. And I think, um, again, you know, some people may look and say, well, you only have, you know, 10 or so uh, strategic partners. But I think that that's important because again, each one of those partners in our program is hand selected based on a very differentiated um, powered by pure, if you will, solution. And so we don't get a lot of this. I'm sure we have competitors that are in the elite programs, um, but we have targeted platforms or solutions for them that don't compete with another. So we don't have customer A and customer B, you know, uh, both selling the same powered by pure type instance. Sure, there is some crossover, um, yep. but we, we've specifically distinguished them so that we can give them the attention right? And the, the market dollars and the focus that they need in order to grow their business in those areas that, you know, they're, they're, they have the most subject matter um, expertise in. Yeah. So that's, that's why it's yeah. very, very different um, than, than any other, uh, you know, vendor out there you're going to see. No, and thanks for elaborating on that. That really helps kind of clarify just the, you know, the specificity around that or that they're hand selected or that there's some type of synergy. We're not just going and you know, kind of blanking it, blanketing everything, but, but looking at how and where, um, you know, we fit really well along with their expertise. I am interested. You, you said something that, that struck a chord, right. That, that we're going in and we're listening to these MSPs about what they're hearing from their end customers. So I'd love to do, if we can do almost sort of a lightning round of, of sorts and just touch on, you know, touch on a few of those different areas. And I guess from the prior podcast that I did with Showbit, I think the number one things that always comes up that we hear about end customers is, uh, is, is around complexity, right? Is, is, you know, not only for the MSP managing, um, the hardware, but then the end customers, the end customers don't want to deal with that. So what, what do you and the SEs address relative to complexity when you're having these conversations or what are end customers telling MSPs that get back to you? Yeah, I think, you know, complexity, look, I, IT infrastructure and, and application stacks are getting more and more complex, right? As you move more into a hybrid world with interconnectivity between, you know, different platforms and everything needing to talk and communicate and function, um, it does get complex. And, and I think, you know, part of the big selling point of an MSP is an MSP is, has already hired all of the subject matter experts and the resources needed that do this on a day in and day out basis. 
Um, my favorite example, and, and for those that have heard me talk on, on other podcasts, webcasts, whatever, I always bring up the DBA example because I think the DBA is the one that everyone understands and resonates. Yeah. DBAs are getting very hard to find. It is an extremely competitive um, job market out there for DBAs, and they're getting very expensive. And so, you know, as a, as a small enterprise or, or mid-market type account, you know, the ability to have two or three DBAs on staff only looking out after your infrastructure um, can get pretty costly. And in, so in some cases, you know, you, you move to a service provider who may have 30, 40, 50, 60 DBAs on staff, you know, you, you start benefiting from the economies of scale, right? So it's not you having to make sure you go out and procure that, that very expensive, um, you know, highly educated resource. You can leverage someone else who already has them in stock in stock on, on staff in order to, um, in order to, to still give you the business outcome, right. That you're looking for. And so that's probably, um, you know, complexity and, uh, access to resources are probably two of the big ones. Um, the third one, right. That, that we hear a lot is just the, I, I refer to it often as just financial engineering, or how do you need to procure it assets that make sense with your company's business outcomes? Um, some companies, as we know, are, they're okay and they're comfortable with CapEx purchases, right? So, you know, dropping several million dollars on an infrastructure is okay for them. They have the ability to take that risk. Yeah. You know, other companies, um, you know, they, they look at uh, controlling things a little differently. So they're, they're more looking for that. I need an as a service, right? I don't know if this platform is going to take off. And so I want to, I want to procure it on kind of a trial basis and see how it goes. And so a lot of those conversations are driving customers um, to leverage a service provider as well, because it's that pay by the drink, you know, versus buy the whole coffee pot until, you know, you want uh, to, you know, you like coffee. Yeah. I love that you brought up staffing and just access to resources. And that's one that I think we hear quite a bit. I mean, in other pods that I've done and, you know, I refer sometimes back to a set of CIO roundtables that I was fortunate enough to do a couple of years ago. And it always struck me that staffing came up in almost every one of those conversations. Like that's what the heads of IT and the VPs of IT were most nervous about was, do I have the right resources to go accomplish what strategically the business is asking us to go do? And the way you position this is fantastic, right? Is that you can leverage MSPs and have an extension of your staff and, and competent, right? I mean, it's not just, you know, a stable, they're not in stock as you, as you sort of said, uh, which I love, that was a fun little slip. They're actually there and they're really competent, uh, competent and they can, they can extend um, what you have in house. And I guess I'll try to do a clever segue since we're on the, 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 you know, the, the verbiage of extension um, goes along with complexity is, is scalability, right? You've got these MSPs whose, whose businesses are growing more and more people are moving to this model. And so you need to have that experience. And I think, you know, with what we've done at Pure with the technology, scalability is, is really in the DNA and enables managed service providers. So related to your kind of your staffing comment and the complexity, the scalability kind of fall in line as, as number two the type of thing that end customers are looking to have? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, every, every business's goals are to grow. Um, and with growth does come more resources and, and having that be leveraged onto a service provider, right. I, I think is key. And, you know, you, you pick on something, uh, you know, take it, take a different example than DBAs, right. You know, migrations and it transformations, these are really big things that companies go through, um, and have to come up with, but it's not often that they do it. And so it may be that your storage engineer slash BERT engineer slash, you know, um, Windows admin, right? Because he's doing all of those functions. He may have never been involved in a large migration or a large transformational effort. Whereas a service provider, 
does these daily, yeah. right? So you can leverage that expertise of someone understanding, you know, I know the hiccups. Um, I know the, I know the traffic cones, right. That are going to be in your way. Um, so we can prevent you from slipping up on this journey um, without you having to repeat a lot of that process. And so, you know, being able to scale to that is, you know, is very much a key differentiator of a, of a service provider um, versus what someone can do on their own. Yeah. And while shrinking the time to do that as well, right. I mean, it's the whole do it in house and how long is that actually going to take versus, you know, the SP who, who does it in their sleep and knows how to do it. And it will actually shrink the, the, the time. And I guess one of those things, if I move on to a kind of a number three, that's very related, that's probably part of a lot of these migrations or transformations is, is uh, you know, is hybrid cloud adoption and, and, and having that kind of experience and bridge to the cloud. I think we know enough now that, you know, certain applications have affinity and make a lot of sense to, to run in cloud and other things we're finding more and more, uh, particularly lately, are, are things that maybe need to stay on-prem or, or stay in an SP environment. Um, what are the types of conversations that you have with SPs as well as related to end customers when it comes to kind of application and data mobility and, and really architecting hybrid cloud in, in, a, uh, um, in a clever fashion? Yeah, most you know, most all of our service providers that we partner with today have a um, a public cloud uh, section, right, or segment within their within their business because we all understand that that is that is a wave of the future. As new applications are uh, created, right, they're typically written in a way that they can be portable and they can be moved amongst the public clouds without any issue. There's no refactoring needed. Um, but I, I think it's important, right, to you know have those conversations, which we do, with sitting down with a customer who says, "Look, I've." You know, my CIO wrote, read something on the airplane that said, you know, cloud is the future. So I have an edict now that I need to move 80% of my stuff to the cloud. And so, you know, almost every MSP I can think of um, has some sort of a playbook where they sit down and they say, look, these are the applications that we have seen really work well in the cloud. Here are the things that you should really keep on prem, right? Because there's a lot of issues that come up with moving those things. And so I think, you know, having someone as your trusted cloud consultant or your trusted cloud advisor to ensure that your platforms are being placed in the right environment, um, again, is key. You can go out on the web and, and read, you know, what apps work better where. But I think, again, having someone who has sat there and has actually gone through an enterprise transformational effort. Um, is a much different story than, you know, listening to someone on, on YouTube tell you, you know, well, these applications work really well here, work there. Again, trust somebody who does it, like you said, on a daily basis, they are having these transformational conversations. Yeah. And they found out for themselves probably in real time what works oh, yes. and, and, does, <laughs> and does and and have kind of gone through the bumps. It's really a rubber meets the road kind of thing. So you benefit from from that experience. But I, you know, adding on to that a little bit more, and, and maybe it goes back to how you know we've sort of hand selected some of the partners. Um, end users have specific things that they've invested in. You know, I'm an Oracle shop or we're an SAP shop or, um, you know, what have you, right? So what needs to be done then to differentiate around the application service offerings and, and the specific solutions that are there? Because effectively, every MSP is pretty much going to market with a, these are our critical capabilities and these are things we can offer as a service. How do they, how do they differentiate those and how do you stand out? So, yeah, like, like I said, we do have a lot of crossover in the offerings that the various customers have. Um, I will tell you, you know, each service provider really does have their kind of where their bailiwick is, right? What is, what is their bread and butter? And while they may do a whole, um, a whole portfolio worth of things, there are a couple things that they do in there that they do really, really well. 
And so, you know, when we approach a service provider or we approach a customer who is having a conversation about, you know, use your SAP example, um, I'm really looking for an SAP. Well, we have a service provider who does a whole bunch of different things, um, but they are also, you know, probably globally recognized as the best SAP um, as a service offering that's out there. And so we will marry those two up um, to make sure that the customer is getting, you know, the best in breed of both the solution that they're trying to, to uh, accomplish for their business outcomes, as well as, you know, the best in breed technology that's backing that, which obviously in this case would be, would be pure. Um, so that's how we try to differentiate. Again, all of these service providers offer some crossover. Um, we just, we usually don't get involved in those type conversations. We try to drive to where we know they're, um, you know, they're, they're the best at and where they're the best in breed at. Um, and again, each service provider kind of has that, um, has one of those, right? And some have two, some have one. Uh, we just marry them up. No, and it works. And and I know from you know me, you know talking with Shobin and monitoring what what you do out there, it dovetails really well. I mean, my my team manages some marketing for the the solution pillars here, you know, which which encompass apps and databases and you know cloud solutions and analytics and data protection, including ransomware. And I know those are things across those different service providers that we. Um, you know, that we've worked to, to help architect. It's almost a, a direct extension because those are things that we're good at at Pure that we can go in with MSPs and then, you know, help offer to, to the end customers. What are, what are some of those that stand out, right? I mean, I, I, you know, is there kind of a ransomware protection as a service or what's going on with AI and ML? I mean, these are, these are sort of the hot things, you know, that, that you see in the news all the time. I, you know, of course, I love, I love when we do just core database and VMware things, but what are the ones that you see that are most interesting right now that are that are popping out for you yeah obviously with with all the news right if anyone's turned on the the tv in the last you know month um or six months you know ran ransomware is obviously a extremely hot topic um you know i i enjoy those or those you know calls and conversations with customers because you know it's one of those things that i think has been around for a very long time um i just think in in now nowadays right we're hearing more about it and more of it is coming to light and, and people are becoming more open and, and conversational about it um, and so obviously, you know, ransomware, you know, every, every service provider is jumping on trying to figure out what is, what is the best ransomware solution, right. That I can offer to a customer. Um, and on that one to me is unique, right. I, I always like to mention when, when I have conversations about ransomware is, you know, it's no one's going to prevent ransomware, right. There, there's no such thing. The, the goal of a service provider and, and our solutions underpinned by pure is to make the ransomware attack a non-event for yeah. the customer. Yeah. Um, and, and I know, you know, uh, Sean's talked about things like that. You know, Andrew Miller does a, a fantastic speech on that as well. But, you know, that that's how we try to position that, right? Is, is no service provider is going to stop that ransomware attack, but they can certainly have some stuff in position to where it's not an event for you. Um, you know, VDI, which, you know, we, we can talk about a, an interesting case study here in a little bit. VDI has become very hot in the COVID world. Um, all of a sudden you had you know, what was traditionally maybe a 20, 30% of workforce being at home at any given time or working remotely, all of a sudden in COVID world turned into, you know, 90, 95% of your workforce is now remote. And so, you know, VDI became a very hot market, um, you know, probably as hot as hand sanitizer um, last year. And so, you know, there, there's still a lot of buzz about that is, is what's going to happen long-term and how do we prepare ourselves for, you know, for that in the future? Um, and then probably... You know, if, if I had to guess of, of the other ones that are out there is probably the, um, you know, you mentioned AI and ML. I, I still think we're 
a little in our infancy when that comes to an as a service, but I think customers are getting and, and understanding that more. And, you know, how do I utilize all this data I've acquired? So it doesn't just sit there and take up space somewhere. You know, how can I leverage that better to make better business decisions? Um, but again, I, I still think from an as a service, we're, we're probably still, still in its infancy, right? You have to really figure out how to monetize that. Um, it's a, it's a tricky one. Um, but yeah. big data and analytics, I think is the other big one, right? I do have all this data and I'm going to give it to you. Help me figure out, right. What's going on with it. What are these things telling me? Um, and how can I make better decisions around it? Yeah. Yeah. I think organizations are finally learning about the things and it's not necessarily always science projects, right? I mean, there are definitely some rudimentary operational things that are done where you can gather the data and then, you know, run learning models against it and find things out that will actually streamline and help your business. But to your point, it's an area of rapidly expanding quantities or amounts of data, meaning that, you know, you've either got to acquire hardware really quickly or back to our point about scalability, SPs certainly uh, help with the, uh, with the scalability aspects there. Well, thanks for sharing on a few of the hot ones. Yeah. Kind of, I don't think it would be a podcast if I didn't talk about hybrid cloud and we didn't talk about ransomware. So we can check <laughs> both of those um, boxes off. Well, you mentioned the VDI one and that one is very near and dear to uh, a lot of our hearts because at, at the outset of the pandemic, there were a number of folks on uh, on my team and throughout Pure in general where, you know, we took a bunch of the, the virtual desktop infrastructure things that they weren't entirely mothballed, but, you know, VDI wasn't the, the hottest of the hot. And then all of a sudden we, we just had to polish those up and, and start going out. And again, you know, given the choice of I need to go acquire a whole bunch of hardware or can I expand in with an, with an SP and add more seats for more users that are now working at home, that seems like a really great use case. Um, don't talk about the, the MSP name specifically, sure. but I know there is one um, that I think you might be able to highlight as a really interesting use case for where, um, you know, VDI was offered and where, where we're kind of the underpinning technology for that. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, a, a, you know, BDI as a service has been around for, for quite some time. Um, it, it's been one, probably one of the very early, uh, you know, service provider offerings that, that was out there. And, and I think, it's, it, you know, it's a very niche market. Um, and depending on how a, a, an enterprise or, a, you know, mid-market uh, company had their IT infrastructure set up, you know, they were still leveraging that pretty heavily to, to this day. Um, and obviously, like I said, the, the pandemic changed a lot. Um, you, again, you went from a very small amount of workforce being remote to all of a sudden everybody needing to be um, remote. And, you know, we were, we're very fortunate because we do have a, um, what I would call a niche VDI as a service uh, partner of ours. And as a service provider, that is their bread and butter. That is all they do is VDI. That's They're it, huh? very, okay. very unique in our space because they offer the only fully compliant VDI um, offering that's out there. So whether it be PCI, high tech, HIPAA, any of the regulations that would normally be wrappered around um, a, a as a as a service desktop as a service offering, um, their solution checks all those boxes. And so as you saw, hospitals like hospital administration, records keeping, financial institutions starting to move to that remote work, they didn't have very many places to go. And so you know our partner, um, which is has been completely underpinned by Pure since day one, um, was able to rapidly ramp up uh, and start pushing out more and more of those BDI instances. And I think that's a, you know, that's a testament to, you know, not only our flexibility at Pure and our, and our capabilities to be able to deliver on, on short notice, um, 
but look, very easy to work with uh, service provider. Again, customers that traditionally wouldn't have used a service provider were calling up and all of a sudden saying, I need, you know, I need a thousand desktops like now. Yeah. Uh, and, and we were able to, uh, you know, we were able to, to, to serve that. So uh, I think a very, very great use of a service provider uh, helped out the companies, obviously, tremendously. Um, and again, a, a solution that's completely underpinned by Pure. Um, no, I love that example. And that's one that I, I've known about yeah, a little bit in the background. So thanks for sharing that um, generically. Any others over the last 18 months and particularly around some of those interesting use cases that, that were brought on by the pandemic that you think uh, that, that, that kind of stand out where there was kind of a, oh, geez, we, we got to go, we got to go, you know, adjust and, <laughs> and move based on the conditions that we have, or maybe just one since we're getting a little long on time here. Yeah, I think, you know, for, from that respect, you know, the other thing the pandemic really did was the pandemic kind of created a, a disaster recovery uh, soft test, if you will, for a bunch mm -hmm. of organizations. Um, a lot of organizations had all kinds of plans, right? Um, having been a former data center guy, I can tell you, right, we, we had plans for natural disasters. We had plans for, you know, civil unrest. We had all kinds of plans. One plan we never had was, you know, how do you function and run something uh, an, an IT department with, again, 95% of your staff being gone all, all the time. And, you know, what happens if you couldn't serve something at the data center and it went down? Like, where is that disaster recovery? And so I do think the pandemic has, you know, really caused people to take a step back. And if they weren't prepared for this, um, to really look at their, their kind of DR strategy. And so, you know, I, I was just on another webcast the, uh, earlier last week. And, and one of the things I said was, you know, I'm hearing a lot of, I'm hearing a lot less IT transformation on the table right now, I'm hitting, I'm hearing a lot more of, you know, IT hardening and mm -hmm. how do I make sure that what I've got right now is hardened? Then I'll start looking at transformation again about where to move stuff and, and how to deal with it. So, you know, a, a service provider, because they pretty much have all of the, um, all the tricks in the bag, right? They have all the solutions you could possibly imagine, right? Service providers have been hit up a lot on how do you become my DR site? Right. What do I need to, to stand up a, you know, minimally viable DR site or a full blown, you know, HA, uh, uh, DR site. And so I do think the pandemic has caused a lot of companies to relook at that DR strategy, uh, as well. Yeah. Data protection. I mean, it wasn't necessarily an afterthought, but it was either viewed as rudimentary and monotonous, which is like, you know, if you want to punish a DBA, make them go do backups, that whole kind of thing, or yes. right. Or it was complex, right? It's like, well, we want to do sync replication between sites and, you know, if you're not using pure, then it's complex to set up with manuals and high costs and things. And so this is another way to, but like you said, it brought it really into the forefront of having this, you know, comprehensive end to end type of strategy. And then you add in the whole ransomware thing and it gets really complex, but you're right. There was very much a, a focus, a renewed focus and a, and a hardening that went into um, looking at, at data protection. Well, great examples. Thanks for sharing about the VDI and, and also the relevance of, uh, of, of data protection in the last 18 months. I guess we'll close with, with just a couple other, you know, where we, where we look to partners for, you know, sort of higher level services, if you will. I know we've got some, so we mentioned Rackspace already. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well as what we've, what we do with the, uh, the NTT managed offering. There's a couple of uh, great partners and, and great offerings that, that we run through. Um, thoughts on those? Yeah. So I think, you know, like I said, we, we've got a myriad of, of customer or partners who offer, you know, the, the, the breadth of solutions across the board. And so, 
you know, whether it be a, a managed SAP, right? We kind of go back to the, the trouble of finding DBAs these days and, and mm-hmm. doing that. You know, we've got service providers that specialize right in, in you know, SAP as a service. And, and again, that's their, um, that's their go-to-market strategy. They've done, you know, SAP migrations thousands and thousands of times. You know, this is nothing is new for them on these pieces. Um, and then, you know, the, the other piece I'll throw out there is, you know, uh, often we're just referring to more traditional or, or block storage or things that we're doing on Flash Array, right? Understand that we've got service providers that can manage any of the platforms that we have, um, and, and they cover the, the full gamut of those. And so, you know, whether it's something a, a little bit uh, more more niche, right? We mentioned BDI already is kind of a niche market, you know, uh, high performance um, object storage, right? Again, kind of a niche little area. Um, not everybody's doing it, but the marketer's moving that way. We have service providers um, in our portfolio today that specialize in that, right? And they can deliver, um, they can deliver those offerings, right? In order to meet whatever those customer SLAs uh, or customer outcomes outcomes are. And that's that's brings us full circle because that's really what it's about for those end customers is uh, is helping them meet those business outcomes and and the partnership between Pure and MSPs. Uh, can and can certainly help and do that, Chris. I thanks so much. I love. Sorry, show, but we kind of you know we kind of went off on a jag there. But maybe you want to jump in here if you want to, you know, kind of finish up with 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 sort of the overall message. Um, I was just having a great time with Chris there. So, you know, sorry if you were just sitting on the edge. But um, you know, what do no, you? No, no, not about? at all, Robin. Yeah, Robin. Yeah. Like, Chris is the Chris is the expert. That's why we kind of brought him on this, right? Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he talks to the customers day and out. So, so really, I really enjoyed that, that, that entire discussion as well a lot. I mean, I think the key over here, you know, like, as I think about the overall messages, right, is there's a ton of these advanced complex application database services, et cetera, right, that we build on top or make it very easy for the MSP to build on top of their uh, it, um, infrastructure. So these storage solutions and services that we make it very easy for the MSP to launch actually helps the end customer, you know, solve actual problems, right, for their for their um, you know business, right, which could be anything from wanting to do web content or high app, you know, high speed database applications and um, or you know just complex applications that you can't really do very easily on premise, right, but. Once you move it to a, a MSP, you can actually go, um, you know, launch these things very easily, right? And then have somebody else manage it, right? So the key mission that Pure Manage marches to is make these things easy for the MSPs to go get launch in their data centers. Most importantly, so that we can help these MSPs solve the their customers' problems. Yeah, it almost reminds me of that. I, I I won't mention the company name, or maybe I can because I don't even know if they're still around. But that old BASF commercial campaign, you know, where they're like, "We don't, we don't make the things you use; we make the things you use better." I better. think about yes. that, right? I almost think about that with 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 the MSPs here. You may not know, like Pure's under the covers there, but we make the MSPs offering better, and that's. That's kind of, that's my dumb analogy or my dumb 80s reference. Everybody loves my, my old 80s references. All right, not really. Um, but but um, that's that's when I grew up and that's the thing that comes to mind. But I think you, you hammered it home really, really well there. Um, any final thought from you, Chris? I, I really appreciate you coming on. It was great getting your insights and, and direct, uh, direct knowledge from, from your engagements and your team out there. Yeah, no, I think, you know, my, my closing message is, to, you know, don't ever discount a, a service provider or the use of a service provider. Um, you know, they're not always expensive as, as often as is out there in the market, you know, that you're going to pay premiums. 
um, explore the options, right? And if it makes sense in your business and, and for the business outcomes you're trying to accomplish, um, leverage a service provider, right? And we, we would love to hook you up with one of our, um, you know, one of our experts in, in a solution that you're trying to solve for and um, that's underpinned by Pure. So you'll get all the benefits of, of the Pure technology and, you know, you'll, you'll have somebody there running the, uh, running the shop for you at the same time. I love it. Great message. Thank you both for coming on. Hey, show, but any, anything to plug anywhere people can go, you know, I think you got a website out there that's really comprehensive, but anything you want to point people to, uh, to get more information if they're interested in engaging or learning more about Pure and, uh, and MSPs. Absolutely. Great, great point there, Rob is. So we have a fabulous website targeted with targeted tools to show showcase all the wonderful strategic MSPs that we have right now, right? And that's just not for the US, actually, it's actually for the globe. But uh, so over there, customers can go take a look at, you know, which MSPs are we partnering with, what kind of solutions there we're partnering them with. So as part of, I'm sure the, uh, you know, as part of the, the podcast is this thing, uh, we'll, uh, we'll share that link. And yeah, that's the right place to go to learn more about us, you know, what we're doing to enabling MSPs. Uh, and their customers, as well as there's a ton of good content there as well, right? There's blogs, websites, you know, uh, white papers, et cetera, that customers can leverage and learn more. Awesome. I will make sure I put that in the abstract for the episode so people can go check it out. And of course, our, our good friend Google will probably find it for you as well if you do pure storage and manage service providers. Well, thank you both for coming on. Super educational and informative. And for you listeners out there, thank you for listening to this episode of The Pure Report. Tell a friend, tell a colleague, and send in your topic suggestions, and we will keep the great guests coming like Shobit and Chris. And with that, we will wrap for Pure Storage. Shobit Butani and Chris Fuller. This is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you. <laughs>